welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I am your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me... Hey guys, Brian. And uh, we have another first impressions, another Star Wars first impression. Um, so the other day, we actually just saw uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Saw it uh, last about, night. Yep, last night. And um, we would have done it last uh, last night, but, you know, it was a little late. Kind of tired. A lot to process. Uh, I definitely wanted to... Um, so I, I definitely had some things about, like, uh, thoughts after the movie. Especially, so... It's no, we're, we're a little late uh, to the party about talking about Solo, so I think the history, at least right now, like how the reception of, of Solo is something that we can kind of really quickly talk about, um, because this film, as of the recording, uh, June 11th, 2018, it's really not been well received, at least, at least like in a box office sense. Um, Brian, I don't know if you've, I don't know seen more like reddit posts or just like uh reviews of the film uh what you think or well so what what do you what do you think about this film and its reception um well i haven't really been doing too much research into like the film's reception what i do know from just like hearsay and everything like the general reaction that i'm kind of getting is very lukewarm reaction to like disney's handling of the star wars franchise Uh, i guess like the best way to equate it would be from what I'm gathering, is that it's more of, like, Star Wars fatigue, and I guess this is, I can kind of gather this is, like, kind of more of reaction to, like, that, like, uh, very polarizing The Last Jedi, um, and then I, th- I feel like it's, like, I think it's more spillover into Solo, um, I feel like this was a movie that, like, not, no one really was asking for, um, that we got anyway, and I think it's more, it, it builds upon this idea that, like, Disney isn't telling original stories, um, or, or or newer stories. It's it's we're just we're going we're rehashing over the fan servicey material and stuff that is more is I guess it's less of a gamble because it's Han Solo. Of course, people would see it, but apparently people haven't been seeing it, or I guess not nearly as much as you would think. Like a Star Wars Memorial Day release would have gotten, or just in general, really for that matter. Like it just it it just uh like this is. I mean, it's still it's still in a theatrical run. It's still gonna make money, but um, like sex, like like the opening weekend, it made what like forty or fifty million dollars. Well, it wasn't and it wasn't a, Star Wars numbers. Yeah, it, which is why it's people are considering it like a box office failure. Um, which and honestly, like it's like you brought up some good points. Um, you know, people. People saying like, "Oh, we're getting the fan service stuff out of the like." It's this is all these all, what all these uh, like spinoff like so um uh pardon the pun like solo movies are are just fan service um not even like good fan service. It's just let's just throw as much iconography as we can into these films, and people are gonna go see it. And I I do think that the that this film being so like released so close to the polarizing last Jedi, I think a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily want to see that. Um, so I don't know. Do we do the last Jedi by the way? Yes, we did. Um, we did a last, or last, a first impression of, um, the last Jedi, but, um, you know, and we, and we already, you know, talked about that as it is, but I think, I don't know. Let's just get kind of right into like a first impression. Not not to show, um, you know, my my hand like too quickly, but I had an awesome time with um, with Solo, uh, which is like which begs the question. Like I'm like, did Star Wars fanboys like see the same movie that I saw? Because you know they said with the Last Jedi, it like some some people are going as far as to saying like it's it shouldn't be part of the canon or like they're like disowning the movie for I don't for reasons I don't truly understand but solo to me is like this is how these Star Wars uh like um like one-off stories should be following like the main trilogies like the main overarching stories like this was such a fun experience and it was marketed in in that way um to be honest like i think the last star wars movie that i like in recent memory like since episode seven that this to me 
was the most accurate um uh what's the word uh like advertised movie like i knew i thought exactly like they knew exactly what they were making with this like it, well at least like the advertising was like this is going to be a fun movie well i mean uh, well, it's funny that you say that because like the history of this film having like 80 percent of it reshot switching directors and i honestly thought this movie was going to be one big sloppy mess considering all the drama that's been happening behind the scenes yeah um yeah and we can get into that as well i mean i don't know like the the like the full story i know that the the guys that directed the lego movie which is an interesting choice that they want that disney would want to bring these guys into for the i mean i guess it kind of makes sense if they just want to make a fun movie but apparent so what i've heard is that those two guys um that they made the movie like very whimsical and kind of like uh, like very kiddish i heard they wanted to kind of do like a pseudo film noir but like a much lighthearted, much much more lighthearted, kind of like rendition of like a Star Wars story. Yeah, I mean, so I heard that they like they were going like really kind of off the walls with the humor, like more. It's closely, it's more closely what these Lego whatever movies are like that type of humor, um, which is funny. But I don't know if it would work in this like in this setting but also i heard they went like massively over budget they you know had a lot of uh, creative differences with kathleen kennedy and disney and all the execs and so kathleen kennedy just said all right like you're out and and then they brought in i, I don't know if they brought in anyone before ron howard but and i don't know like if they rewrote the script well, they probably or what did. i mean I like the kasdan's wrote it like lawrence kasdan oh. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's son. right yeah I don't know if that was like the I they definitely had to have rewritten this movie because we'll get into it, but there are definitely beats that like there's like I think there's like a point of the movie where it's like you can tell where they started rewriting it. In my opinion, they just kind of like dropped threads and like uh, elements that never really returned to the story. I guess that they were like trying to set up like themes and whatnot, but we can get further into that. I definitely I I don't know. I mean, this is all just, like, my armchair opinion of whatever what I was experiencing, but I, I, I think there was, like, a clear cut of, like, where they started heavily rewriting it, but I'm not sure what it, how the Kasdan's, like, how much, uh, like, what, how, how far in the process they were involved with. Yeah. So, uh, let's, let's just get right into Solo. Um, oh, let's wait, well, try, let's, well, before, let's start... well, sorry, before we get right into it, I just want to say, since you were talking about, like, the reaction to the fans and stuff, like... Like, did you see the same movie? I just want to say my my stance on this whole, like, Star Wars fatigue quote business and, like, people overreacting to, like, The Last Jedi and now, like, these mixed, like, lukewarm reviews on Solo and, like, people saying, like, Disney needs to, like, massively rehaul what it does with Star Wars. Uh, from day one, like, pretty much since The Force Awakens came out, but even just in general, these are movies... I think I've said this with Rogue One and probably The Last Jedi. These are just movies. They're make-believe, like, fairy tales. You're supposed to just have fun with these. Yeah, there are things... I have gripes with all of the movies, especially The Last Jedi. There are things I really don't like what they did. But at the end of the day, just go to the movie theater, you know, and just enjoy it. Because that's what we got. And, you know, senselessly complaining about a movie, our, our efforts could be put towards better things. And honestly... Maybe this might be a con semi-controversial opinion, but to all those, like, hardcore fans, like, I get it. Star Wars is a huge aspect of our life and upbringing. Like, I grew up, me and you grew up on the original trilogy on VHS, uh, and I will never, like, that That was, like, I, I always attribute that to, like, our formative years, like, of, like, film. Like, I had never really appreciated it before, but now that I do, like, in retrospect, like, those kinds of films were, like, really what kind of piqued our interest in film with, like, in our adolescence. So coming from that angle, someone who appreciates the importance of these films, to just get over yourself. Stop taking this stuff too seriously and just have fun with it, you know? No, yeah, you're, you're completely right. Star Wars isn't, you know, it's, I feel like people are, like, thinking these films are, like, uh, like, Interstellar or, like, like, space, like Odyssey, space Odyssey. Yeah, they're, I mean like they're not trying they're not trying to tell this big like existential like w what are we as humans like where do we fit into the cosmos no these movies are literally just supposed to be like like good stories and they can tackle really 
gritty themes, but like ultimately they're just you're supposed to have fun with them. They're space adventures, and they harken back to you know classic film. At least you know the original trilogy was like harkening back to classic films and uh, you know themes and exploration and this adventure. And like and now we're getting into like and that's fine. Like them go talking or like exploring darker and you know grittier stories. But no, you're completely right in that. Like, people just need to lighten up. Well, it's like, like, they're just movies. Well, even, like, coming from a fan, like, full disclosure, Metachlorians is stupid. I really didn't like what they did with Luke in The Last Jedi. Uh, you know, like, I really didn't, I hate Attack of the Clones. The love story is stupid. Like, there are, there are elements that I can pick and choose that I don't like about this that I'm sure, as a fan, like, everyone can sympathize with. But at the end of the day, they're just movies that we can come back to and have fun with. And, like, that really, and just because, like... Just because, like, the story doesn't pan out how you do, you want it to plan out, doesn't mean you shouldn't, you should just, like, totally cast it aside and just, like, well, I don't want to watch this anymore, Star Wars isn't special anymore. To me, Star Wars will always be special. It's somewhere that, it's a, it's a classic escapism. I can watch these movies and escape for about two hours, two and a half hours. Just so for someone to say it's not special anymore, like, I think you're just wrong. But Yeah, and, like, it's also interesting, something that I've been kind of looking at is Marvel has been doing this for the last 10 years, especially somewhat, they, okay, Marvel can produce, what, two films every year, and, and they're just as successful as the last, and then, and, and this is interesting, well, how can Marvel do this, but then, like, something like Star Wars can't, and, you know, and I think that Solo, um, Disney finally took a page out of Marvel's book, and is doing something correct and we'll get into that once we talk about the story and stuff but you know it's been done uh i disagree with people saying that star wars is not special uh it every film is always going to be special and it's always going to be such a i'm it's gonna definitely i'm ever, i'm definitely gonna go see it and just have fun with it and not overthink it but um and not have this you know overt reaction of just negativity um because in the end of the day, they're just movies. There's fun space space adventure movies, and that's and they should be what, taken and interpreted are. as such. Yeah, so let's just get really um you know into the movie. Um, let's. I think we should first talk about um, just the. I think the characters are uh, the better way, the the best place to start right now. Um, because a, a big critique is like, is this a film that you know needed to be or a story that needed to be told? Um, I. You know, I, I think I think that having so when I, when I first heard this film was like uh, being made like however long ago, I had kind of a very similar reaction, just like Han Solo. Like also, so here's my thinking: is like we don't really need to know any more about him. Like we know his his um his introduction in <clears throat> excuse me um in A New Hope. And his arc throughout the original trilogy, and then we see him as a an older man, and then his death in The Force Awakens. So, like, ultimately, it was, like, kind of a very similar, not not a similar problem that I had with Rogue One, but because I had a lot of problems with that film. But in that, I was like, I don't really need to know his upbringing or, like, how he got the like I, I, see, I, I thought this film was just going to be like like Rogue One in that it was just going to be fan service like oh the Millennium Fal like how he won the Millennium Falcon um how he got his blaster I didn't think we we're going to get his name but we got his name like meeting Chewbacca and like all of that like stuff that you think is going to be in there and I thought it was going to be like beating you over the head but I was pleasantly surprised I thought the fan service of this film was like really like kept to a minimum like it, and it felt more naturalistic, so getting his blaster, it, it, and, like, there's a lot of things, like, I mean, I said that, but <clears throat> there was, like, there's so many, like, throwaway things that they had from, you know, the other movies, like, the planet that he grew up, uh, like, he had known the um, Imperial uh, destroyers and how they were built, because they were built on his planet, and in, like, a background, we just see Imperial Star Destroyers, or, uh, like, the fleet being made. And that's it. There's no attention drawn to it. We have his blaster. It's literally just, like, casually thrown to him. But there's no, like, mention of, like, why it's designed the way it is. It's literally, like, here's a pistol. Here you go. Um, the Millennium Falcon is, you know, it needs to be in the film. But 
it's not given to him right away, which I think is very interesting. Um, it's saved for, like, the last beat of the movie, which I think is appropriate. Um, the Empire is not in this movie at all. Like, they're, like, they are, but it's such a blip on the whole, like, grand scheme of the film, which I was like, this is perfect. Like, we're not, like, my problem with Rogue One was, like, hey, look, there's a walker, there's, an, there, uh, like, the AT-AT, there's a, uh, ATST. there's, like, like, a stormtrooper with, like, diff ooh, it's a different model and make of a stormtrooper, like, there's the Death Star, it's, like, so much, like, iconography just, like, jammed down your throat that it's just distracting, whereas I felt like in Solo, it was, like, it was just part of a contained story, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I would still say there's a lot of it, a lot of the movie was fan service stuff, but like at this at this stage in the game, I don't really care. Uh, it's fun. Uh, like there and and it's it's and it's not like yeah. I guess it's like it's it's more. Uh, it's not as overt. Like it's not as obvious as it was in like Rogue One, or even like or even things that were used in like The Force Awakens. But there are definitely elements that are like just there for the fans, like that only fans will recognize and notice. And that's I really don't think that's at the same time though that's not a that's I don't really think that's a detriment to the film at all either. Like I felt like Rogue One was more of a fan servicey film than Solo is. Um but no, I I, I kind of would disagree with you on that one though. There are definitely a lot of those elements in the, present in the film. But I didn't think it was like as distracting, you know? Like I mean, y yeah, I guess, but I guess that's all up to like like yeah, there were Star Wars elements. Like yeah, there's like iconography, but I didn't really think it was like in your face. Um, I mean, that stuff. I thought like, it was I guess, like. I guess tasteful. it's hard for me to say because those those quote fan servicey things like don't necessarily like like uh, it, it's like when I, I always attribute that to it's like oh it's like someone's like jingling keys in like front of a toddler's face like oh well here's like elements from you recognize this and stuff I don't really care you know I see something I recognize and I have fun it adds to the story yeah sure they put it in there purposely for that purpose but whatever it does its job and. It's fun. I like seeing things I recognize. Do I think they're cheating? Yeah, a little bit, but whatever. Get over it. <laughs> um, but I so let's talk about like like I said the characters in the cast. I thought the guy that played Han Solo, escaping is he his name it. is escaping me. He was amazing. I thought what was great about him is that he did, you know, he did his version of Han Solo, of Harrison Ford. He got, you know, he got the mannerisms right, um, I think, you know, especially the small things that I appreciate, like the, the way he held his blaster, just um, his smile, his smirk, his just, you know, cocky, arrogant attitude, <clears throat> I really appreciated. Yeah, well, the thing that I like about it is that he totally was able to, like, kind of get get the feel of the mannerisms of Harrison Ford down pretty well but he also like kind of brought his own into it like you're not gonna you're not gonna be like this you're not gonna play this icon and do what you want with it you definitely have to like take more from the source but I think what what he what what's this guy's name Alden Ehrenreich um I think he really did kind of take it though into something he did he he paid uh, serviceable homage to Harrison Ford's, you know, uh, characterization of of Han Solo, but also he did bring more into into the into the role than like it wasn't just like a, a blank uh, slate for Han Solo. Um, I think he did better than Donald Glover as Lando. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, what did you think of Donald Glover in this? I did great. He was awesome too. He did. He really nailed that, um, like the the Billy D. William like. Uh, mannerisms, but also I think he was a little more uh, like not cartoonish, but uh, I don't know the right word how to say it. But uh, I think I think uh, the guy who played Han was definitely more nuanced than Donald Glover. But Donald Glover still did great. Yeah, I I thought Donald Glover was doing more of an impersonation, but that doesn't mean like I still enjoyed his uh, his he was still like suave. I enjoyed his his uh, persona on the screen, especially as Lando. I, I honestly can't really think of anyone else that may be able to play this as as uh, as well as Donald Glover because like you know <clears throat> knowing his work and seeing him you know seeing him in his comedy sketches when we were you know younger and like starting off in dare comedy and then you know growing to community and then you know his work in atlanta and uh well then even like, i i'm like a that. fan of even of his music too so 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think you're more the fan of his music. So, like, you can see the dramatic, um, you know, range that he has. And I think he was, like, per- I think they were both per- perfect casting for it. Uh, like I said, I was gen- genuinely, genuinely surprised of how much I actually, like, got behind the character of Han Solo and, like, and the main actor. Um, and I, I thought that he was just, like, really great at this. Um, and but let's get into the other side characters. Um, you know, Woody Harrelson playing uh, Beckett and Amelia Clark as K- Kira. Was that her name? Yeah. And and then we have some like you know like uh, Paul Bettany was in it as yeah. well. But I felt as uh, as like the crime syndicate um, Crimson Tide. I, was, I thought it was Dawn. Yep, Crimson Dawn. Yeah, uh, like as the you know the head like crime syndicate boss that you know the bad guy of the movie. Um, I thought you know Woody Harrelson was very enjoyable in this movie. I thought I thought he was the best uh, he was out like of a like classic, the new cast. Classic like gunslinger character like from a western. He was he's good. I liked him. Yeah, Amelia Clark, uh, very interesting uh, portrayal of, like, you know, a character, pretty much, a, a, like, someone that is a survivalist. She will do anything she can to get out and, uh, you know, be better off for herself, which we get, like, and we'll get to the story in a second, but, you know, that's what she does. Well, it's, um, well, it's, and very, there's... well, well it's very interesting because she, she is, like, the femme fatale of, of, the, of the film, and, like, it's very interesting because, like, she, was, she wasn't the only, uh, like, film noir, like, character. Uh, I don't know aspect like element of the film like when like going into it that that I saw that it was very interesting though that like because she because she did say though with the previous directors that she's like yeah I was just told to like I they could tell me that I had to act like I was in a film noir like heroin for so long before I really like didn't really understand what they were saying so like that's why she apparently she was glad that Ron Howard took over with better direction but yeah. Yeah, I, and I can see that. Um, but yeah, I guess I just really um. I don't know. I thought all the characters were really you know, cohesive, and none of them were like felt forced. Um, I actually felt like there was chemistry. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna be making a lot of comparisons to uh, Rogue One, just because I feel like everything that didn't work in that movie works here. Um, I actually felt like the main cast had chemistry with each other, whereas in, in Rogue One, I just felt like they were just random people thrown together, and they, like, could barely stand each other, and, but they were just like, alright, well, we just gotta do it, which, like, didn't even work in the context of the movie, where here, I was like, oh yeah, there's actual, like, emotion going on, um, and, you know, it contributes to the over, like, the, the, the larger story com- coming at hand. Um, I also felt, uh, just a side thing about, you know, um, Han Solo and, like, the humor of this movie. I felt, I thought it was all appropriate and it and it just worked. I, my problem with, like, the Star Wars, like, the, the newest trilogy is that I always felt the humor was a little bit forced. Um, especially with, like, Poe Dameron and, and a little bit of Finn. It, it just seemed like colloquialism like humor that like didn't really make sense for me um like it just like okay so like i know a lot of people like this joke but for me in like the force awakens when poe meets kylo in the first like five minutes of the movie he says oh and they're looking at each other and it's like this big build-up and then poe says who talks first you talk first i talk first like that to me that joke like is was never funny and it just kind of I don't want to say left it like a like a stale taste in my mouth, but I was just like, oh, that was really forced. Like, like, I, like I get it. You're trying to establish like Poe as a character, but like Kylo Ren literally just came in and like decimated a village and is and like he's joking around. Like I get it, but it just seemed forced. Whereas like here, like Han Solo, he well his upbringing, like he kind of he uses humor as like a defense mechanism and. And also, he's like a he's a bad smuggler, so he needs to, you know, be able to talk his way out of it. And he uses humor as like a deflect, as attempting to deflect his points. But you know, here I always thought it was great. I thought the jokes. I was like really, I was laughing at a lot of what he was saying. Um, like my favorite joke was at the end of the film when he's like, "Oh, I got like it's like the Millennium Falcon and they're with like the Marauders," and it's like, "Oh, we got like thirty mercenaries in that ship. I just have to give the signal and you're done." And then Lando just like flies away. You know, like that was funny. Like that worked, and and it should, <clears throat> and I think it it works because like I, most of it is like 
not really working in Han's favor. Like he's still tr- he's like learning the ropes, to become that like suave hero that we know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think it. I think it all. Yeah, I think they definitely figured out the balancing act to to kind of put into uh, like that they that they didn't execute as well within Rogue One. I remember. I don't know if we released our Rogue One episode, but I remember me and you were kind of like panning it for. Pretty much everything we're going to be praising this film for done right. Um, I'm not really sure if we release that one yet, or if we will. Ah, uh, I don't. I don't know if we ever do a Rogue One episode. We should, you know. Well, we did talk a, about well, it. We did a, a first impression. I, mean, I know, but I, I don't remember if we released it. But I think we should talk about that film in a more because I, I think both of us weren't really happy with the recording of it because I think we both were just like very meh about it, um, in that <clears throat> like we had some strong feelings about it but we just like i think honestly i was very disappointed by rogue one and i think it like it had shown in our recording whereas here like i said like well you said it perfectly everything that that solo does right it's like i feel like it's what they were trying to do with rogue one but it just like failed like rogue one was trying to be this grand spectacle like very like uh, like uh trying to be like the trilogy but that's not these one-off stories shouldn't be these like big like trying to top the trilogies like they're supposed to be self-contained stories within their own universe and like they should feel small because we have like another trill we have a trilogy in main movies that are really exploring this like vastness of the of the universe um so there's that's that's i think that there's that but um yeah what like what do you have to like, what else do you have to say about, you know, uh, Solo and, like, the characters and the chemistry? Maybe even the humor. Um, on the humor... I mean, the humor is okay. Uh, I didn't... I don't really have too much to say on that. I didn't really... I didn't really find myself laughing during the film. Um, it's... It, I just think it was... I think it was a well-done movie. I'm not, like, ecstatic. I'm not, like, jumping out of my seat for it. But, you know, I think it's... I think it's definitely a step in the right direction, honestly, for these films. I... I um, in, in terms of, like, even, like, the spinoffs, I definitely think what Star Wars needs to do is keep doing this, not necessarily retreading over material that we know, but organically kind of start introducing elements of the story for future projects, but, like, kind of get on the same page about things. Um, like, I think everything that they introduced here for, like, because they're definitely going to make more Han Solo films, um... Which which, which, I, I, which I think is fine actually. I they, think I think they well, handled, what stories would they tell? Well, obviously at the end when they when uh they did the whole Darth Maul reveal, or he's no he's not. A, I don't think he's a Sith anymore. He's probably not. But whatever, for the sake of uh I guess being familiar with Darth Maul's character, no way they're gonna bring back a powerhouse uh character like that and then not go anywhere with it. Like, well, and it's obviously going to be tied with Han Solo because it's uh, Kira, is is like is working with him. So obviously they're setting itself up for a sequel with Han Solo. I don't know about with Han because like, what more of a story can we tell? Like I was talking about this with with our dad. You, that, after, you tell new stories. Uh, you tell new stories. You know what what new stories though? Because like we don't need. It's not my job. Because the. What? It's, not, not, it's not my job to write the stories, you know. No, I know, but like, I don't, I can't really see because like this probably takes place like a year before New Hope like really starts. How do you know that? I, or like, because I'm assuming the Hut job, like, how how long do you think Han Solo was in debt the job of the Hut? Well, I'm just, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like they set they set it up. You could probably have another movie out of it, but like, but I, I, I say I say realistically, two or three years before the events of a New Hope. Well, yeah, okay, so two or three years. The only story that I think they could tell is, like, the botched Jabba, like, heist. But the problem is we already know how it ends, and it's not, like, this grand spectacle. It's literally... So, it, it's even... It's said in when Han uh, rightly shoots Greedo first, in that he had to dump his tar- his cargo because an Imperial ch- uh, ship was, like, you know, caught them. And, like, let's say... That we have this, you know, they they have the the heist as like this like heat in space, you know what I mean? Like this big like epic, like they go into this like high maximum like I don't know bank or so or cargo whatever, and they it's like this big escape, like it makes like the the Kessel Run look like nothing, 
but then if it just ultimately ends with him having to dump the cargo, you're like, that's kind of anticlimactic. Well, that, well that's the thing. You don't have to make that the Kessel run of this movie. You just make that as, like, the first, like, opening, you know? Kind of like the James Bond thing where uh, you, it's just, like, the opening scene and it's, like, a, a nice opening to the film or, or whatever. Like, I think... I don't think that that spice run or whatever has to necessarily be like the big climactic moment. I mean, I I think I'm just all I'm saying is I think there's room for at least one more movie with Han Solo. I don't know. I think I think that would be the step in the wrong direction because I well like as much as I want to see this guy play Han Solo again, I don't think this like I honestly think it'd be a step in the bat in like the wrong direction just because like. Honestly, like like we mentioned the Darth Maul uh, setup and like Amelia Clark's character, like I'm completely okay with them, at, like with uh, Kira, and like never meeting with Han, because she literally just left him. Like I honestly think that that storyline is over. Like I like so I no more Darth have Maul? Cl- well, no, 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 no. That's not if that's not what I'm oh, saying. Yeah, I'm okay. sa- but I'm saying like like you you have Darth Maul and Kira come back, but not. With see Han that's Solo. the thing. I don't want to see a movie with Kira with with Hans without Han Solo. Cause I don't care. I didn't. I would say Kira is the weakest character of that whole of the, in the film of like the main characters. I don't care about Kira without Han Solo. That was why they were so interesting because there was like that love interest, which I didn't necessarily like. But for the sake of this movie, that's why I cared about Kira because of that love interest and angle. Well, like it just be like a side character in like a grand, like it's what Mar- like the Marvel characters, like some I don't even I don't even see I'm not a big Marvel guy, so I don't know like the characters and like their names or whatever. But like I know that there are characters like the like who's the the Falcon guy? Isn't he like just a, a what? What do you mean? Like the Spider Man villain? No, 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 that's Vulture. No, the oh, guy, he, uh, yeah. he, like, works with Tony Stark, yeah. like, that guy, he, he just seems to be, like, from my, from the few Marvel movies that I've seen, it seems like he just, like, pops up He popped up randomly. in Ant-Man, I think. He's a character in the comics, but, like, I think his, in the Marvel Universe, I think, I think his introduction was in Ant-Man. I don't know. Well, I think he's in the, either no, way, like, he, I'm not the- he's an Avenger. But, well, I know, but, like, I mean, I'm kind of, like, not doing, like, a great job explaining, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, she can still be, like, a side character, because she, like, obviously Darth Maul is, like, the, like, where Paul uh, Bettany was, you know, he, he seemed to be, like, a sub-boss, and then Darth Maul was, like, the head of this crime syndicate, and she's, like, now, you know, working her way up, and, like, that, I'm interested to see that, but honestly, like... Darth Maul is probably gonna come back in the uh, the Obi Wan story oh, whenever be, that is I made. I hope they make that. I that's something I I definitely want to see. Well, you and McGregor has gone on record saying like I would love to come back as as Obi Wan, but like I'm I'm getting a little off off point. But like I don't know. Like I thought I guess we should get into the story now. I thought the story was uh, you know very like streamlined. I thought the film was a little too long. Like I thought to me. I thought there was, like, three, like, really big, like, set pieces, which it, it, which works here in that, like, you know, one of my problems with Rogue One was that it was all over the place. Like, we were literally going to planets for, like, five minutes, and I'm like, why do we have introductions to this planet? Like, I have no, I have no context of the importance of this other than, you know, Felicity Jones, if, if that's her name, she's, like, on a jail, like, she's in a jail on a salt mine or something, and they, and she, like, breaks out, I'm like, okay, but that was, like, literally five minutes of, she just broke out of jail, whereas here, we're on, you know, a very select few planets, which I think works, um, we're not jumping all over the place, we're just keeping it, you know, small and contained, um, but, like, the big thing, so we have, like, the quote-unquote exciting opener with them like running through escaping like uh whatever cat Cassian or whatever the the star wars fans are gonna hate me but like whatever planet he's from we're on there like the slums oh oh carillion whoops um and so anyway so we're on uh carillia or carillion and then uh escaping the slums and then we go on to some planet where han's in the military and then you know, we go to an ice planet, and then we go to a, you know, like, the the, mi- the mines, and um, and then we end up on, like, uh, like the refining plant, fe- plant uh, planet, and, like, that's it, and, but 
I so like we have that opening scene escaping, and then we have the train robbery, and then we have the Kessel Run, and then we have like the defeating of the of the of Paul Bettany's character, and to me it kind of felt a little like uneven, you know, like I thought. The op- I thought every action sequence like went on a little too long, except the last like thirty minutes. Well, I definitely felt that the chase sequence in the beginning felt a little too long. Uh, the um, the uh, what was it when they're in like the the maelstrom like storm or whatever with that gravity hole or whatever that went on a little too long. Oh yeah, like to me like. It was weird like that like I loved like that that whole like Kessel like run or like getting the um the crude like hyperspace fuel whatever. I I really dug that whole scene until he went off into the side or like into like off the like off like the actual trail that he should go and and then like we get this like Cthulhu monster which like I didn't understand and then we run into like a black hole and and like that whole se- segment i was just confused the whole time but they needed to explain the whole like you could see the the kessel run in 12 parsecs um which i i'm glad they like tr- they 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 uh like answered that but like it's one of those things that like george lucas didn't know what a parsec was he thought it was a a, a measurement of uh of like speed and time and not distance so like you know, continuity aside, um, I don't know, I just thought, it's like, we saw, so the reason they use the, uh, like, the ship goes, it's essentially, it's like, I took a shortcut, is what it basically boils down to, but it's, like, such a shortcut that was, like, so, like, odds of surviving were so slim that it shows that he's a great pilot, but I don't understand why they needed to, you know, go through this Cthulhu, like, monster, and then to, like, the black hole, um, I thought it was very just convoluted. Um, although I did like them injecting the uh, like the crude like hyperspace fuel into like the 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 Falcon's uh, you know fuel line to give it that boost. Um, I thought that was really cool, but I didn't understand why they couldn't just like do it right as they uh, saw the the um, the cruiser. But you know that's just like nitpicking. Um, because I was like, wow, like, cause it's for like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. It's like nonstop action, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, like this is really hot, like adrenaline pumping. Like, what else is gonna happen now? I thought the movie was done, and I was like, wait, but we need to like tackle the crime lord and, like, I I didn't mind that stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely thought the movie was like twenty minutes too long. I thought some things needed to be cut. I don't know about what you what you. Thought. I think there was a good fifteen minutes that could have been cut, in my opinion. No, but I, I I thought like everything else though was uh was well paced uh besides those like I said those action scenes but um I I didn't have too much issues with the film um yeah <laughs> yeah no I I didn't either I thought like I said like and well let's talk about like Darth Maul real quick before um we get into anything else what did you think about bringing Darth Maul back now I have to preface that I do not know anything about the the cartoons or the EU don't know anything about his history like for all i knew he was dead like in the uh from the fan yeah, uh, he, he's phantom really, menace he's huge in the uh in the clone war show and i think he makes a few appearances back in like the other one like rebels i didn't i've never seen rebels besides there's a fight in rebels where old obi-wan fights uh darth maul on a uh, tatooine and he like kills darth maul like but What's it's rebels? Like, it's what? Exactly. What is Rebels exactly? I, it's like Star Wars Rebels. It's like another. It's like a spinoff, like what Clone Wars was. It's like that kind of oh, show. Like, a, like an animated show. Yeah, and it's and actually like, pretty cool because like they use like Al Guinness's like inflection and stuff, and like yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like but, the thing he, is, he's, he's he's a pretty big uh, sh- um, like story arc in uh the Clone Wars show. I've seen a little bit of it. I've seen like, like I get it that that's that that's all that, like but... considered canon. Uh, I don't like, think so anymore. I know the Clone he, Wars is, I think, but... But if he makes an appearance in Clone Wars, and it's like, okay, then he survived. But, like, the thing is, like, I never saw that. I literally, like, I don't know, like, one of the podcasts we listen to, now playing podcast, um, they, uh, the main host, Arnie, loves Star Wars, and, um, 
and when the force awakens came out they did the whole retrospective of all the films at that point and um and one of one of the co-hosts uh stewart from la he like uh the main podcaster arnie was said was talking about oh in the in the eu and the books and all this and and stewart had a great point of saying no like i get it like you can enjoy the books and that's can be considered part of the canon but like I'm going off of what is presented in the movies, and th- none of this is, like, in the movies, so it doesn't exist to me because I wouldn't go out and, you know, look at the other mediums and books or cartoons. Like, I'm literally just going off of the movies and what they're presenting to me, and they're not presenting this information. Well, so, like, Clone Wars is, I think, considered canon. No, I know, but, but like, but Stu- it's not but a Stuart film. Stuart is not going to watch that. Yeah, or I'm not going to watch that. You know, like, it's... I'm seeing the movies, not the animated cartoon show, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I'm not going to lie. When I saw Darth Maul, I was like, no way is that Darth Maul. And then, like, he takes the hood off and we see him. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, but then, like, my brain had, like, a brain fart for a second where I was like, wait, when does this movie take place? I'm like, is this before The Phantom Menace? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I, like, I looked at his legs and I got really excited so I was like, "Hey, he's got the he's got the um the mechanical legs. So like he survived uh like Qui-Gon's uh or not uh, not the the fight with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon." And I was like, "Wow, I'm like really excited now. Like they're setting up like a villain for like these spin-off movies, like these one-off movies like now, like cuz he was such wasted potential in uh the in the prequels. Like he should have been the overarching villain um you know, next to Sidious, but, like, the, the the physical villain that embodies evil for Obi-Wan, um, so, like, seeing him, I was, like, actually excited, but it seems like everyone was just, or not everyone, like, the, the, the mass reviews that I've been seeing, like, the video reviews, they're, like, very, either lukewarm, or they don't like Darth Maul returning, which I don't really understand, I mean, I guess because people say, oh, he's just an icon, he's not a character, but I'm like, well, he has potential to be an awesome character if you know the writing is correct um and i can't wait because you know ray park i actually looked it up after the movie like ray parks came back and is reprising his role as darth maul and and he's like and he's an awesome person to begin with like i follow him on social media and stuff but i i'm sure he's super excited and he has a lot of you know ideas where to run with this character and i'm like i'm really excited to you know for darth maul to be to go from like an icon status to like an actual like fleshed out villain like that's what i'm super excited about and i didn't see it as a bad thing i saw it as like an actual strength mm-hmm. i also saw it as a uh, kind of like an fu to lucas <laughs> in my opinion um like not taking in the clone wars like things into account like the the animated show because like the two things that i thought were like fu's to lucas was a bringing darth maul back and um and the second thing was having Han shoot um, Beckett first. Like this, like Han always shoots first, in my opinion. So, and I like those details. Um, and you know, it made me like super excited for the next for the next iteration of you know. Well, it's the next film is going to be the Boba Fett movie. So I have no idea what's going to happen with that. And but I think if if anything, if Solo taught me anything, it's. Like, yeah, I'm obviously going to have my preconceived notions about the movie. I thought that this movie was going to suck. I th- like, I th- I think that Boba Fett is, is equally going to just be, like, a waste of time, as I thought Rogue One was. But after this, like, it kind of gives me hope for Boba Fett. If they have the right writers in, if they have, the like, a good director, like, it can actually be something interesting. Um, and hopefully, like, start shying away from, like, the familiar faces and we can start having, like, unique and original stories. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know if you have anything more to say about the movie. If you don't, we can get into closing thoughts and, uh, and our recommendations. Uh, try to think. Mm, I don't think so. Nope. Okay. So, I, why don't you start with your closing thoughts, uh, first? Um, yeah, so, again, I think I've already, I think I've made everything pretty abundantly clear in terms of my stance on the Star Wars fatigue and even just this film in general. I, I went into this film... Not really with expecting anything, zero expectations, and I came out pleasantly surprised. I had a fun ride. Um, uh, I enjoyed the characters. I, I yeah, I get like I said, even like I said before, I didn't. 
this wasn't really a story that I necessarily wanted to see or wanted told. I don't think anyone really wanted this told. And I came out of it saying, okay, it was a good story. I had a, I had a fun time with it. And now I'm looking forward to episode, uh, what are we on now? Nine? Yep. And, uh, yeah, and I'll always come back to Star Wars with, you know, a little glint in my eye. You know, it's dimming a little bit more as I get that, uh, as I get older and stuff, but it's still always something I, I will come back to fondly. Um, and I think they, I think, I think, uh, Ron Howard made a good film. And, um, what do we, uh, did we change the rating system? Yeah, but we'll get to that. Let me let me do my closing thoughts, and then we'll get to the rating system, and I'll explain all that. So, yeah, my closing thoughts, I had an excellent, like, awesome, fun time with this movie. Um, I think it's a shame that not many people are seeing this. If anyone that's listening, you should definitely go see this movie while still in theaters. Um, and it annoys, it annoys me to no end that this film... I mean, it's getting, like, a, it got a 70. I mean, okay, take... Take what, like, Ron Tomatoes and IMDb, like, for a grain of salt. I always use it as just, like, a, like a baseline, as a judge, to see, like, the just general reactions. And it annoys me that, you know, this got a 70, and at one point it was at, like, a, my, the lowest I had seen it was, like, a 60. And I was like, what? Uh, on both platforms. And I think Metacritic gave it a 63 or 65. And, and then I look at Rogue One, and I think last time I checked, it has like an 85 or like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes, and like it, like a I think mid 80s or low 80s on Metacritic. And I'm like, what? Like this movie did everything wrong. It's literally just a cash grab. And like Solo to me was something that you know it's a step in the right direction, but no one's seeing it. Everyone, a lot of people are just are dismissing it as, you know, like sins of the father with um with uh, the last jedi like they're they they're they're just giving up on star wars which is unfair and i don't think true fans would ever give up on this franchise so yeah i just think this movie is really fun it's as a naturalistic chemistry and flow it's not perfect but it, it definitely is a step in the right direction and it's just such a good time so that's my closing thoughts as brian mentioned we are we are changing in, in this kind of rebranding of the show we are you know changing a few things around um so the before we used to do recommendations out of five stars, uh, after a little deliberation, I thought that was kind of too narrow, um, especially when we were listening to I was listening to the previous shows, getting ideas. Um, I thought five star we were get, we were giving movies a lot of like three or four stars. Um, didn't really have much room for you know interpretation. Like sometimes we'd give a movie like a two and a half stars or like something like that. But you know I think that changing it to out of 10 like like uh however out of 10 will give it more of like a, a a better like understanding of like where it may sit um so i guess i can go first uh i think that this film is easily an 8 out of 10 i i would, it's an easy recommend i think it's full price everyone should go see this in theaters support the film um because i think it does a lot of things right um so yeah i'm gonna give uh mike's um, recommendation on Solo, a Star Wars story, is a uh, eight out of ten. Okay, and uh, I will I will give it a seven out of ten, um, mainly for the same reasons you did, Mike. Like for your eight, um, but it just it's it's a it's a good uh, it's a good fun movie. I keep saying that a lot. That's like the motif, like fun and just. Well, tell these movies should be. Fun. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I just keep repeating myself. Um, I guess that's just me being out of practice for this, but we're getting back into the swing of things. Um, and no, I know. Like I said, we're returning uh, seven out of ten, and I would definitely recommend it. And for anyone to go see this film, especially while it's still in theaters, and if not, just to rent it. It's fun. It's a good <laughs> fun again. It's 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 good. It's a good movie. Watch it. Yeah, and so. I guess that uh, with all that being said, this concludes this episode of Amateur Tours, another first impression. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, definitely, uh, we de- uh, rebrand. Uh, sorry about that. Dropped my mic. Uh, rebranding the show. Uh, we've got a lot of things going forward. Uh, really excited to be talking about some of these uh, films uh, that Brian and I have on our list. So, um, Brian, you have anything words of the wise to the people before we go? Uh, no, thank you just for, for those who have stuck out the hiatus. Thank you for 
your support. We always do. We couldn't do this without you guys, and uh, hopefully, I think we're, we're, we're gearing up for some pretty good stuff soon. Yep, so on that note, everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, have a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. Cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. The opening theme, Dreams, is composed by Joachim Karid. This composition was found using a Creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Sarah and Joachim's work. They're really great and deserve the attention. If you want to drop us a line, which we full-heartedly support, please feel free to contact us at our email, theamateuraltourspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, that is one word. You can also find us at Twitter at amateuraltourspod. Once again, thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for more episodes, and thank you once again. Thank you.